1: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read at PG
0: 13. Hey, welcome once again. It's the Throwback League, the podcast where every Monday. Now to the middle of January 2021. We play one game of this 48-team tournament. Four quadrants of 12 teams seated like March Madness. It is one through 12 for our purposes. The one seeds through the eight seeds are all World Series champions between 74 and 06. The nine through 12 are the best remaining pennant winners from during that time. We run the sim of the matchup on the WhatIfSports.com algorithm, great website. Our website is up, thethrowbackleague.com. You can get more information about the league and about me, your host, Josh Lewin, right over there. So, today's game, a first-round battle between a 6 seed and an eleven, The 93 World Series runners-up, the Philadelphia Phillies, are up against the World Series champion 1982 Cardinals here at Bush Stadium in St. Louis. Bush Stadium the second, we should point out, with the great Ernie Hayes on the organ. This is the Bush Stadium with the AstroTurf. That shared its field with football for a while, and the NFL Cardinals were still in town. These Cardinals, a classic baseball team in a classic baseball town. Let's start our reminiscing with our pregame analyst, the longtime voice of Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN. John Miller is here to tell us what he remembers about Whitey Herzog and those 82 Redbirds.
1: I think 82. For the Cardinals, that was the year that Whitey Herzog's uh, master plan for the Cardinals to be a team suited to that ballpark actually uh, uh, bore fruit. And uh, they almost never hit home runs, and yet their defense was outstanding, led by Ozzie Smith at shortstop. And they stole bases and uh, Ozzie Smith. And Ozzie had become... An offensive force by then, a guy who got on base a lot. He he wasn't a power hitter, but he got on base a lot, creating RBI chances for the guys in the middle of that lineup. A very, very exciting team. But don't don't hold your breath waiting for them to hit a home run.
0: Thank you, John. We'll get back to the Cardinals in just a bit. First, let's do that deep dive on the road team, though. The 93 Phillies, a team of misfits and cast-offs, as the players like to say, but... Still, as the voice of the Phillies, Harry Callis, would sing after victories, they had high hopes. they won the National League pennant. And the Ant did carry that rubber tree plant all the way across the Canadian border to play a memorable six-game World Series they would ultimately lose when Mitch Williams hung a slider. But leading up to that, what a fun summer in Philly. In 1991, manager Jim Fregosi kind of carved his team up for being soft and playing scared against their powerful crosstown rivals, the Pirates. And with that fire lit, things started getting better in 92. Darren Dalton was going for an RBI title that year, and with his teammates taking extra bases and moving guys over to get him opportunities, that kind of seemed to remind everyone else in the batting order how to really function as a team. Dalton did win that RBI title, only the fourth catcher ever to get one at that time, and the fuse was lit for 1993. There were newcomers to the nucleus, Danny Jackson, Pete Incaviglia, David West, Milt Thompson returned to the team. Jim Eisenreich arrived, a quiet guy at first until John Kruk started calling him Jeffrey Dahmer, and he opened up a little bit. The the Phillies are a very close-knit team. Clubhouse Rats, as Fregosi called them. On the field, yeah, the big guys did big things, but so did the lesser-knowns. and the, The role players, Todd Pratt, Juan Bell, Ruben Amaro Jr., Kim Batiste, Ricky Jordan, Wes Chamberlain. The pitching staff came through. Both Kurt Schilling and Tommy Green won 16 games. The number five starter, Ben Rivera, maybe the one-week link, but even he won 13. And with Williams and West in the bullpen, Larry Anderson, Roger Mason, Jose De Leon, that side of the coin was very well taken care of. Uh, speaking of taking care of things, Dave Hollins had reminded the pitching staff, you'd better retaliate if I get hit by a pitch this year. He had gotten hit by 19 the year before. He didn't want to see that anymore. So... Sure enough, right there in spring training, Tommy Green hit the Cardinals' Donovan Osborne in the neck with a pitch after Hollins had just been clipped by a pitch the inning before. A brawl in spring training, and that was a 93 Phillies. They beat the Braves in the NLCS four games to two, but of course the Blue Jays capped off their World Series season on the Joe Carter home run. Around baseball that year, Barry Bonds and Frank Thomas, the two league's MVPs, the Marlins and Rockies both started their existence that season. John Olerud and the Rockies' Andres Galarraga were the batting champions. Jack McDowell, the AL Cy Young Award winner, beating out Randy Johnson, Kevin Apier, and Jimmy Key. National League, two Braves, two Giants were in the top four of the Cy Young ballot, and Greg Maddox won it. Bill Swift finished second. 93 Pop Culture, Frazier Crane started dating Diane Chambers on Cheers. On Seinfeld, this was the season we learned the phrase, they're real and they're spectacular. We also had the Junior Mint, the car with B.O., the puffy shirt, and the one where Kramer has the kavorka, and George converts to Latvian Orthodox. At the movies, there was Schindler's List at one end, uh, I guess at the other end of the spectrum. There were some, some goofier things besides that. UB40 was on the radio with their version of I Can't Help Falling in Love With You. Pete Sampras and Steffi Groff won at Wimbledon. Florida State won the National Football Championship thanks to quarterback Charlie Ward. North Carolina won in basketball when Chris Webber called a timeout for Michigan that Michigan did not have. The Phillies starting lineup, 1993 Phillies, they went 93-69. and Lenny Dykstra leads it off and he will be in center. Kevin Stocker at short. John Kruk, the first baseman, then a couple of power hitting righties. Pete, uh, Pete Cavillia in left. Darren Dalton, the catcher, hitting number five. Dave Hollins at third, Jim Eisenreich in right, Mariano Duncan instead of Mickey Morandini at second base, Terry Mulholland pitching and batting at number nine. Now let's get to the home team, Whitey Herzog's 82 Cardinals, and they inherited the legacy of a National League's proudest franchise probably, but it was a dry spell in 82 for that team. They had gone to consecutive World Series at the Cardinals in 67 and 68, Great baseball town had simply been quiet in October for a while. Baseball had expanded in 69. The league split into the two divisions. The Cardinals were not winning the new NL East. And it's not like the team had been bad. There were seven winning seasons between 69 and 81. 81 team had the NL East's best overall record, but the strike that year, remember, caused a split season format. Cardinals didn't finish first in either half. But 82 saw the Cardinals again. Paint their hometown red. They were fifth in the National League in runs scored. They did it without a single player hitting 20 home runs. Only one guy batted over 300. They were kind of a money ball team before money ball. They did it with on base percentage, just getting runners at base, taking a walk when you needed to. But in, a, in another respect, they were not money ball because they were stealing a lot of bases, 200 of them, matter of fact, to lead the league. Lonnie Smith was the team's a 300 hitter, 381 on-base percentage, nearly 70 steals. Ozzie Smith, of course, the defensive wizard, shortstop. Second baseman Tom Hurk, and Obrick fell over there at third, very consistent. Willie McGee came up, 23 years old. Cardinals came out of the gate fast, they had a 12-game win streak in April. They held off the Phillies and Expos in September. And then the Braves, the opponent in the NLCS, Braves led by the MVP center fielder Dale Murphy. And managed by Joe Torrey, former Cardinal. It was not quite a managerial hot shot yet. Cardinals got a break in this series. They had trailed in game one, but that was wiped out by rain. They had to start fresh the next night, and they took full advantage. They won game one, won game two on a walk-off from Obergefell. A three-game sweep, matter of fact. And then on to the Suds series, a World Series pitting the Budweiser Cardinals against the Miller-Milwaukee Brewers. Fun World Series, too, beer aside. Each team got one blowout win, each team won an nail biter, it ended up going the full seven. And the Cardinals rallying from a two-run deficit in the sixth inning in the finale, allowing Jack Buck to say that's a winner. Elsewhere, on the 1982 baseball landscape, Hank Aaron and Frank Robinson into the Hall of Fame. All-Star Game was in Montreal that year, Dave Concepcion the MVP. Steve Carlton and the Brewers, Pete Bukovic, were the Cy Young winners. Rookies of the year were infielders, Steve Sachs and Cal Ripken Jr. Willie Wilson and Al Oliver, your batting titleists, your home run champions, Gorman Thomas and Dave Kingman. No one in baseball with even 40 home runs that year. Both the Metrodome and Tony Gwynn made their big league debuts and October 3rd was a memorable end of the season. At Memorial Stadium in Baltimore, the AL East title on the line. Robin Yount hit two home runs. Don Sutton beat Jim Palmer. Earl Weaver retired. Then would come out of retirement a few years later. And meantime at Candlestick Park in San Francisco, Joe Morgan's three-run home run helped the Giants knock off the Dodgers, and the Braves snuck in as the NL West champions. Braves had started out 12-0, survived a 2-19 stretch over the summer to advance. 82 Pop Culture. And We'll go quick here because we're almost ready for baseball. In 82, uh, E.T. phoned home in the movie theaters. That little girl in Poltergeist told us that they're here. Valley Girl terminology was being ironically quoted across America, which was neither bitchin' nor grody. Looking back on it now. Michael Jackson released Thriller. Trivial Pursuit came out, and the littler kids were into Strawberry Shortcake and My Little Pony and Smurfs. Big kids were, were riding their BMX bikes. Magnum P.I., the A-Team, and Falcon Crest giving Dallas a run for the money as a top TV show. And on the radio, Joan Jett loved rock and roll while Survivor was rising up back on the streets. They truly had the eye of the Tiger. As did the 82 Cardinals. Let's meet them here. 92 wins. And Tom Herr leads it off. Lonnie Smith follows and left. George Hendrick and right Keith Hernandez, the first baseman, is a cleanup man. We'll hear from Keith later on in this broadcast. Daryl Porter, the catcher. Willie McGee in center. Ozzie Smith at short. Ken Oberfell at third. Bob Forsch is pitching. He's, yeah, finishing his warm-up throws right now. 20-game winner back in 1977. This season, well, he did enough anyway. 15-9 at 3.48 ERA. It's a guy that ended up with 163 wins as a Cardinal. Only player in team history with more than one no-hitter. And by the way, his brother Ken pitched a no-hitter, too. That for the Astros. Bob Forsh, a 26th-round pick of the draft, eight rounds after his brother had been picked. And Bob, originally a third baseman, not a pitcher, but when his batting average was 088 for Cedar Rapids in 1970, it was off to the mound, and that was a game-changer. We mentioned 15 wins this year. Fastball, curveball, changeup guy. He'll face Lenny Dykstra, 305 hitter. 19 home runs. He's up there with a big wad of chewing tobacco lodged in his cheek. Nails, they call him, and he was second in voting for NL MVP this year behind Barry Bonds. Three Braves were 2, 4, and 5, just as McGriff and Gant. First pitch of the game, it's high. It's ball one. Dykstra did have 129 walks in 1993. Defensively for the Cardinals, fell at third. Ozzie Smith at short, Tommy Hur at second, Keith Hernandez at first. Left to right in the outfield, Lonnie Smith, Willie McGee, George Hendrick, and Daryl Porters behind the plate. Pitch is a curve. It's in the dirt. Two balls, no strikes. Now, originally it was the Mets that signed Len Dykstra. 13th round pick in 81. He was a star in the minors. Carolina League in 83. MVP probably doesn't really cover it 107 walks only 35 strikeouts led the league in runs and hits batting average stolen bases great five-year run in New York then flipped here to Philly with Roger McDowell for Juan and Sam well and the pitch from Forsha strike carves up the inside corner two and one certainly not all rainbows and lollipops for Dykstra off the field A couple of years ago while driving drunk Crashed his car into a tree. Darren Dalton, his passenger, also injured. Dykstra with fractured ribs, broken cheekbone, fractured collarbone. Lost two months of playing time. Rebroke his collarbone in Cincinnati that summer running into the outfield wall. Swings and misses here. It's 2-2. and Then opening day, 92. Dykstra hit by a pitch, broke his hand. But it all came together here in 93. It would then unspool for him very quickly after he was a car wash magnate, a quick lube magnate. He bought Wayne Gretzky's mansion in LA for $17 million. His stock picking tips hailed by Jim Cramer, who had Lenny Dykstra writing an investment column for the street. Let's just say things bottomed out a few times before and certainly after all that. Here's a pitch from Forsch, A rocket towards the alley in left center field. That ball's going to get down. Skids on the AstroTurf up against the wall. Lonnie Smith will pick it up, he'll fling it in, but into second base with a double is Len Dykstra. He had 44 doubles in the regular season. Yeah, he's clapping his hands out there, making a lot of noise. A much quieter player coming up now, the rookie shortstop Kevin Stocker, who had only two home runs this year, but a 324 batting average. Dykstra the lead from second. We're at Bush Stadium the second. I mentioned that Astroturf field hard by the St. Louis Arch here in downtown St. Louis. Symmetrical, three-deck stadium, bright red seats, 332 down the lines, 372 to the alleys, 402 to center. Pitch to Stocker is low for ball one. Stocker is switch hitter batting left. Second round pick from Spokane, Washington will eventually get dealt to Tampa Bay in 1998. What a steal of a deal for Philly. Stocker for Bobby Abreu. Here's a 1-0 from 4. Sharp ground ball towards short. Dykstra's got to scramble back to second. He gets there as Ozzie Smith throws out Stocker. And there's one down. And that'll bring up the lefty, John Cruck. Three-time All-Star, now a popular commentator on Phillies TV. Kaiser West Virginia native. 316 hitter this year. 14 jacks, 85 home runs. Grizzled, long-haired lefty. Takes low for a ball here. It's 1-0. Crux started out as a padre, and while he was there, rented a house in San Diego Diego with a couple other guys. Roy Plummer, who was a high school friend. A guy named Jay Hafer, who was an acquaintance of Plummer's. They all socialized and partied together. Plummer usually picked up the check, and turns out the reason he was able to do that is he was moonlighting as an armed robber, with Hafer as the getaway driver. All that was happening while Cruck was off in Mexico playing winter ball. That made Crux 1988 very distracting as the FBI wanted to know what he knew about all that and when did he know it. Pitch to Kruk, a strike at the knees, one and one. No score, just underway. It was June of 89 when the Padres dealt Kruk along with Randy Reddy to the Phillies for Chris James. 1993, the first All-Star game appearance for Kruk had the memorable at bat when he flailed wildly against Randy Johnson. Faking the heart palpitations, turning around in the batter's box and all that. Next pitch in for a strike, it's 1-2. and two. Kruk, a career 300 hitter when he retires, right on the button. In fact, when he realized he was right at 300, he retired mid game when he was playing for the White Sox at Baltimore. He knew things were wrapping up, so why not go out a 300 hitter? Carl Ferrillo, 15 years in the big leagues, hit 2994. He had 1,910 hits. If he had had 1,911, he'd be a career 300 hitter. Dustin Pedroia ended up at 2993 if he never plays again. Two more hits would have done it for him. These days, Albert Pujols has got to be careful. He's now at 2.996 as we wait for the start of 2020. Pitch sailing outside. The fastball from Forge. 2-2 two and two to Cruck. Runner at second here. Look at other career 2.99 hitters, by the way. Bake McBride, Rico Cardi, Matt Holliday, Kenny Lofton. Close but no cigar. Dykstra at second takes his lead to force a check of a very animated runner and now the pitch and it's bounced into right field that's a base hit George Hendrick on to play it here comes Dykstra he's going to score a 1-0 lead for Philly the RBI knock for Krupp who had those 85 regular season RBIs he gets one here and it brings up the big righty Pete Incavelia More of a home run hitter than a batting average guy is Inky. Former star at Oklahoma State. One of those gritty, dirty, grimy Philly sluggers who this year had 24 home runs, 89 runs batted in, and about 400 at bats. He and Milt Thompson sharing time in the outfield. And here against Bob Force taking, it's called a strike. It's nothing and one. Forsch for the 82 Cardinals got the game one start of the NLCS called the Braves to three hits, went two for three with an RBI in that game, but he lost both of his World Series starts against the Brewers. Cardinals won that World Series, Keith Hernandez, the game-breaking hit off his former Little League teammate Bob McClure, as the pitcher swung on and popped foul back into the crowd third base side. Caught by a fan in a pair of Wrangler jeans and a velour long sleeve shirt with thick yellow and maroon stripes. Nice white collar on that thing with the white buttons going down towards the chest. Forsh is going to make headlines in the 87 NLCS. Cards against the Giants. Jeffrey Leonard. The yeah, Cardinal fans were kind of enraged with the Heckman's one-flap-down routine running the bases during that home run trot. So pitching to Leonard in the fifth inning of Game 2, Forge famously hit Leonard in the back with a fastball. And that created a bit of a stir. Both flaps down at that point for Jeffrey Leonard. Owen to the count, and here it comes from the tall right-hander. Swing, chop ball, right at short. Smith has got it onto her. Flings it across to Keith Hernandez. Double play, and that retires his side. However, one run in in the top of the first for the 93 Philadelphia Phillies. We pause for this word from Gatorade. Sometimes
1: I dream that he is me You got to see that's how I dream to be A dream I move A dream I dream
0: And as for something you like drinking here in 2020, you know, since 1963, the Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf has been bringing you the finest coffees and teas from around the world. Responsibly sourced ingredients, handcrafted coffees and teas, the Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf, an experience like no other. And Now available for a limited time, we invite you to try their new tiramisu ice blended or peach jasmine cold brew tea. Make sure you check out our good friends Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf. Terry Mulholland is on the mound for the Phillies. Eventually will become a kind of a Jamie Moyer with a goatee kind of guy. 40-something lefty, crafty, quotable from a small town in Pennsylvania, but he's not quite to there yet. This year still has his fastball and a 12-9 record, 3.25 ERA. Two-seamer, four-seamer, cut fastball to righty, sliders to lefty. He's got the curve, got the change. Overhand delivery reminds some people of Sandy Koufax, of all people, of course, Mulholland's stats don't really remind you of Sandy Koufax that much, but probably nice to hear your name mentioned in a sentence with Sandy Koufax. The relationship with Phillies pitching coach Johnny Padre is very important. Padre is a guy who resurrected many a career, including those of Kurt Schilling now. Sid Fernandez on that list when he went from New York to Houston. So it's Mulholland against Tommy Herr. As we get things going in the bottom of the first, Tom Herr, switch hitter wearing number 28 will become a big RBI guy before too long, but for now a leadoff hitter, 266 batter without a home run. 25 steals for the Lancaster, Pennsylvania native, playing against a team he grew up rooting for. And he'll eventually play nearly a full season for the Phillies in 1990 before being dealt to the Mets. Takes a strike here, it's nothing and one. No homers for her we mentioned, but a pile of doubles and triples. You know, of the 14 players who got at least 90 A.B.s for the Cardinals this year, 12 of those 14 had a triple. Only the guys in their mid-30s, Gene Tennis and Dane Orge, failed to do it. Even the starting catcher, Daryl Porter, at age 30, had five. Next pitch, breaking ball strike from Holland to her, nothing and two. Defensively for the 93 Phillies, Inkaviglia in left, Dykstra in the center. Eisenreich and Wright and around the horn third to first it goes Hollins, Stocker, Duncan, and Cruck. Darren Dalton behind the plate. Pitch on the way from Mulholland, called strike three on the outside corner. First out of the inning. Snuck a fastball right there on that outside edge to Hurd at Mulholland. And now here's Lonnie Smith. 307 batter this year, 26 steals. Right hand batter. You know, four different Cardinals stole between 24 and 26 bases for Whitey Herzog here. And before too long, he'll be adding Vince Coleman to up the ante. Pitches high here to Lonnie Smith, 1 0. Lonnie Smith debuted for these Phillies in 78. Career 288 batter when it's done, with almost as many career home runs as the man over there at first base for Philly now, John Cruck. That's kind of surprising to find that out. 100 big league home runs for Cruck, 98 for the Speedy Smith. And very quietly here in 82, Lonnie Smith finished second to Dale Murphy in the MVP balloting. 321 batting average in the World Series, too, as he takes outside 2 0. And kind of funny that he's matched up against these Phillies, his original team. Towards the end of his first season with the Cardinals at Veteran Stadium, Smith infamously attacked the Philly Fanatic. September 82, the Fanatic was uh, mimicking that pigeon-toed running style of Lonnie Smith's and doing some wipeouts and belly flops on the turf. And Lonnie Smith got tired of being mocked. He tackled the Fanatic, who got hurt, and the Phillies fans started throwing beer bottles at Lonnie Smith as the game went on. Rather than seeking shelter, Smith turned around, threw up his arms, basically said, come on, I dare you. Good times. Good times. Here's the pitch. Swing, short, round ball, base hit into right field. Now Lonnie Smith picked one out on that outside corner, just kind of shoved it on into right. And it brings up George Hendrick. Silent George, they call him, because he doesn't talk much to the media, but he's a home run and RBI leader on this 82 Cardinals team. Four-time All-Star, two-time Silver Slugger. Total career RBI total is 11-11 at the end. Takes a strike on the inside corner, nothing in one. Big righty wearing number 25 up against the lefty Mulholland, who was the starting pitcher for the Phillies in that fateful game six of the 93 Fall Classic. The one where Joe Carter homered off the wild thing in the bottom of the ninth. Decent-sized lead for Smith off first. He's got to be careful. Very tough to run on Mulholland. There is a toss to first. And Smith is back. With apologies to Jim Croce, You, you don't tug on Superman's cape, you don't spit into the wind. You don't pull the mask off the old Lone Ranger and you don't dare run on Terry Mulholland. You got that great pickoff move. At one point, went three years, 76 starts without allowing a steal. And basically, in the time it takes to describe that pickoff move, he's already done it. Backs his foot off the rubber, just whips the ball to first. Looking in here, 1 nothing ball game in the first inning. Smith running. And the pitch in for a strike. Throw down is in time. Got him. Lonnie Smith caught stealing, out number two in the inning. Well, that was put right to the bag by Dutch, by Darren Dalton. And the tag put down hard on Lonnie Smith. Somewhere the fanatic smiles. You know, Mulholland's hero as a kid was a fellow left-hander, Steve Carlton. As Mulholland was coming up in the big leagues, he played a year with Carlton. That was in 86 with the Giants second-to-last season of Carlton's 24-year Hall of Fame career. And, of course, Carlton, a former St. Louis Cardinal. Rick Wise even up. That was a deal. With the bases clear, here's the pitch. Swing and a miss. Mo Holland got him. And a nice, quick first inning for him. So, at the end of one, 93 Phillies won, 82 Cardinals nothing. Let's keep it here in 1982 as we pause for this. A special salute to the Academy Awards. This is Bob Watson Oscar Hope. When Bob takes a revealing look at the Oscar contenders. You never heard of a kinky tummy? From Reds to Atlantic City, the dramatic moments and big budget stars. Oh, big boy. <laughs> Your favorite movie scene in a very special way with guest stars George Burns, Ann jillian Pat Boone, and Lee Marvin. Sounds like Animal House. Bob Hope laughs with the movie awards. Ready for the top of the second, bottom of the first ended with Keith Hernandez in the on-deck circle. And, you know, before we get back to action here, let's talk to Keith just for a moment about his memories of the 82 St. Louis Cardinals. Let's talk about this pitcher on the mound here, Bob Forsh. That's a guy that Keith knows a little bit, played with quite a bit. So here's what he has to say.
1: I came up, uh, Bob was ahead of me by one year in the minor leagues, but I did play with Bob Forsh in and- in AAA, and then played with Bob my whole uh, eight and a half years in St. Louis. In the big leagues, uh, was behind him for the uh, in the field on his no hitter. Uh, he won 20 games one year. Uh, always had a big curveball, hard sinker. Uh, I played with him uh, in uh, in Tulsa. He was kind of raw, uh, and then. Playing behind him, he became more of a polished pitcher, uh, knew how to pitch, uh, great competitor, and, um, uh, then I got to have to face him, uh, obviously when I got traded to the Mets. So, uh, it was always interesting to face your guys. That you came up in the minor leagues with, and that you were like brothers, and to face him, and, uh, it was a little bit odd. I had to kind of, to wipe it out of my mind, but, He didn't have a great World Series. I know he got hit hard in that first game of the World Series, Um, but uh, he was, we never would have got there in 82 without him. And that's also the year that Joaquin Andohar came into his own and became our ace. And from that point on, Joaquin had around five, six years after that where he was one of the top pitchers in baseball, uh, won 20 games, uh, so that was our one-two punch by Bob, Andrew Haar and Bob Forsch, at the top of the rotation.
0: Mucho apreciado. Thank you, Keith Hernandez, for getting us up to speed here. Now in this second inning, it's going to be the Phillies, the visiting team with Darren Dalton leading off. Dutch, as they call him, three-time All-Star against Forsch. Dalton, a 257 batter this year, 24 home runs. Big, strong righty swings and fouls one up near Keith Hernandez at first, 0 1. Of course, usually Keith ranges way over towards the second baseman on any ground ball to his right. He says anything up the middle, pitcher covers first. <laughs> and in the early 80s, the average major league first baseman assisted 22 times on plays that did not involve the pitcher. Hernandez averaged 44. Just an absolute weapon defensively. And by the way, a 31st round draft pick as everyone thought he'd be playing college ball and not signing out of high school. Pitch from Force to Dalton is in the dirt, 1-1. One and one. Dalton a late round pick, 25th round initially. Played sparingly through 88. The Phillies already had Ozzie Virgil and Lance Parrish. When Dalton wouldn't become the Phillies' full-time catcher. For uh, still a little bit, taking here and it's inside two and one. Breakout season 1990 for Dalton. He was only hitting 206 in the majors heading into 1989, but things turned around quite nicely. Taking outside three and one. Forsch against Mulholland, the pitching matchup. Dalton, the guy that caught Mulholland's no-hitter back in 1990. August 15th of 1990, and so far so good for Holland in this one. His team up one nothing in the second. Here's a 3-1. That is outside ball fourth. Darren Dalton draws leadoff walk from Forsh, and here's Hollands now, a 273 batter. David Michael Hollands. If you play third base in Philly, you got to go full name with the introduction like Michael Jack Schmidt. Hollins played his college ball at South Carolina. Rule five pick by the Phillies taken away from the Padres in 89. Eyeball's a strike on the inside edge. It's nothing and one. This 1993 season, the lone all-star season for Hollins. He'll end his career back in Philly, but in between Boston, Minnesota, Seattle, the Angels, Toronto, and Cleveland. Here's the pitch. Ground ball heading up the middle. Ozzie Smith with a dive. He's got it. Flips to second for one. On to first. They got the double play. Beautifully turned by Ozzie Smith. Tommy Herr pivoting on the bag. 6-4-3 double play. And just like that, two men out. The wizardry of Ozzie Smith. And now here's Jim Eisenreich. 318 hitter this year facing the righty Bob Forsh. We're just talking about the Mulholland no-hitter. Of course, Forsh early on in his career was flirting with one in a very big game. Carried a no-hitter into the seventh inning. Ended up being a three-hitter very late in the season against the Expos. That was the second-to-last game of the Cardinals' season that year. They really needed that game, trying to remain tied atop the National League East. Dealing here to the lefty, Eisenreich, and he takes down the middle, strike one. First career no-hitter of the two for Forsh was in April of 78 against the Phillies with the help of a questionable ruling by official scorer Neil Russo the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. It was on a, an error by Ken Reitz off the bat of Gary Maddox. But it was scored that way, and... Early in the season, he was actually leading the league in ERA. Started out 3-0 and with a .71 ERA, but things would unravel after that a little bit. Six years later, by the way, no-hitter number two against the Expos. Pitch is low here, 1-1. and Those forced no-hitters, the only two ever thrown at Bush Memorial Stadium. Now the rock on the rubber, pitch on the way. Line drive towards left, but it hangs up there. Lonnie Smith will pluck it out of the air. That's the end of the inning. No runs, nobody left, and after one and a half, it's still one to nothing for the 93 Phillies. We'll come back after this from Hertz rental car and OJ Simpson.
1: Why did Hertz invent number
0: one club goal service? To beat the rush hour every plane and everybody seems to land at once but with gold service there's no stopping at the counters and no paperwork instead you go non-stop to your waiting car with your name in lights only Hertz has number one club gold the best reason yet why Hertz beats to rush hour to Hertz, the
1: rest of the day is a piece of cake
0: well, here we go to the bottom of the second inning in St. Louis. Sweet swinging lefty Keith Hernandez, a 299 hitter, will lead it off. Only seven home runs, but 94 runs batted in for the 82 Cardinals. And the mustache lefty wearing number 37 in and waiting. He'll get traded to the, Mex- uh, to the Mets next June and take number 17 there since 37s retired in New York for Casey Stengel. Hernandez with a gold glove, an MVP award in tow already, World Series pedigree. First pitch on the way of the innings, fouled off. Right back to the net, nothing in one. You know, the fascinating part about that lopsided trade to New York, you know, the fascinating part about that very lopsided trade to New York, Keith Hernandez for Neil Allen and Rick Ownby, Whitey Herzog and the Cardinals weren't really looking to trade Keith Hernandez. They just really wanted Neil Allen. The phone call St. Louis to New York wasn't, what will you give me for Keith Hernandez? It was, what will it take to get Neil Allen? Mets general manager Frank Cashin didn't like the first few options. Then he almost fell off his chair when Whitey said, well, how about Keith Hernandez? Pitch is low, it's 1-1. and Hernandez, Bay Area native. And in 1980, the cover of Sports Illustrated's baseball preview issue it read, who is Keith Hernandez, and what is he doing hitting 344? Real student of hitting is Keith Hernandez, and of American history as well. Very well-read guy. Mulholland deals, here it comes. swinging a ground ball towards first base. Crutch, not as well-read. We'll head to the bag, and that is out number one. John Crutch did write a book at the end of his career, called it, I Ain't an Athlete Lady. I'm a ball player. I guess is the rest of that. Here's Daryl Porter. Former Brewer and Royal. Left-hand hitting catcher, batted 231 this year, dozen home runs. Wears 15 as a Cardinal. Got that big pair of glasses under that red cap and batting helmet. Cardinals in those classic 82 home uniforms. The birds on the bat logo, red lettering, red numbers. Red, white and blue on the band around the uniform pants up by the waist. 80s are all about polyester, you know. Pitch to Porter. Swinging a line drive, base hit in into center field, right past the mound. So Darrell Porter gets on base, trying to get these Cardinals going. And the batter will be the 23 year old Willie McGee. Nice start to his career. 296 batter this season, four homers, 56 runs batted in. 1982, the year he started getting called ET for his supposed resemblance to the movie Alien. Cruel business, baseball is sometimes, up against the lefty Mulholland, who pours in a strike. It's nothing and one. Mulholland, by the way, the owner of an autographed 1927 Yankees baseball, got it from his grandfather, who used to work for Hannes Wagner in the sporting goods business. Wagner played against the Yankees in the 1927 World Series. Mulholland and his family from Uniontown, PA. They were all Pirates fans. Mulholland with four brothers, a couple of golf pros, a salesman, and an architect. He's the black sheep of the family. He's a baseball player. And he pitches here outside, one-on-one. We were talking earlier about the Mulholland no-hitter, mid-August of 1990, against the Giants. That was the eighth of the nine no-hitters thrown in 1990. And it would have been a perfect game if not for a Charlie Hayes throwing error. Charlie Hayes redeemed himself, ending the game by stabbing a Gary Carter line drive. Will Clark called that game a non-classic, said we hit ten line drives off him. But that was the first nine-inning no-hitter in veteran stadium history, first by a Philly during the 20th century. Here's the pitch, and that flies outside. It's two and one. Terry Mulholland, an avid fisherman, owner of a boat he named the Gambler. Likes fishing for large mouth bass. Right now he's fishing for a ground ball and maybe a double play to end this inning. Here's a pitch to the Speedy McGee. swinging a ground ball towards short. Slowly hit, though. Only play will be to second base. Stocker to Duncan. They got the one out. So yeah, he got the ground ball. But on this AstroTurf, thinking it might speed up a little bit, it really didn't on a typically humid evening here in St. Louis. The lights are on. Temperature's not that bad, though. We're about 70 degrees right now. A lot of red in the stands. That's a big thing here in St. Louis. Boy, you come to a Cardinals game, you got to wear your red. And they do love this current batter. Here is Ozzie Smith. You wonder how a guy that hit just 248 with two home runs could be this popular well he does a lot of other things and like Willie McGee a switch hitter batting right ozzy took the field tonight with a signature backflip on his way out to short so yeah that's why they have quickly come to love Ozzie Smith and stuff like that pitch on the way to him that scrapes the outside corner nothing in one we're in the second inning 93 Phillies have a lead on the 82 Cardinals Ozzie traded over from San Diego this past year just before spring training. We talked earlier about the Padres trading away John Cruck, getting rid of, uh, rid of Hollins. How about the Padres trading away the Wizard? San Diego's traded away six future Hall of Famers. Ozzie Smith, Roberto Alomar, Goose Gossage, Raleigh Fingers, Gaylord Perry, Ricky Anderson. Dave Winfield and Trevor Hoffman left as free agents too. Pitch is low, it's 1-1. One and one. But back to his days in the brown and yellow of those Padres, Ozzie Smith was a real favorite of the manager Alvin Dark in a spring training of 78. And from out of nowhere, Ozzie Smith played 158 games his rookie year, stole 40 bases, and made the play that would really define his career up the middle against Jeff Burroughs, the bare hand of the, the bad hop diving behind second base. Pitch coming. That's a strike on the inside corner, 1 and 2. Yeah, Ozzie Smith for Gary Templeton. Templeton having fallen out of favor in St. Louis here. So essentially his batting average swapped to San Diego for the defense of Ozzie Smith. A bad knee really prevented Templeton from reaching his full potential. Smith in and waiting. Pitch on the way. chop ball second base. Mariano Duncan in a couple of steps and flings it over to first in plenty of time to get a hard-charging Ozzie Smith. That will end things here in the second inning. We're going to move ahead to further action. I know it's kind of early to do that here, but we got to tell you that Terry Mulholland was dealing in this game, and he got a little bit more support as the game went on. Matter of fact, the big inning, the fourth inning, a three-run inning, as Kevin Stocker hit a ground rule double to lead things off. John Kruk then ripped a liner to left for a double, and Stocker came around to score. Incavelia grounded out to move the runner along. Then Dutch Dalton crushed a two-run home run to dead center. So the Cardinals were on their way. They led it 4 to nothing. Tacked on a run in the sixth inning. That made it a 5 nothing lead. Kruk would lead that off with a single to right. Incavelia lined to third, but then Dalton was able to guide one in a center. That one went for a double. Cruck was actually thrown out at home by Willie McGee. Big collision at the plate, we are told. Dave Hollins would follow, ground a single and a left, so Dalton was able to score. Eisenreich then with a single, but Mariano Duncan with a shallow fly out to left to end the threat. But one more run in. They strangely got one run on four hits in that inning. And it was really all Mulholland from there. The final line for Terry Mulholland, the crafty lefty, eight innings of five-hit shutout ball. No walks, needed only 86 pitches to get through those eight innings. Struck out four, turned it over to David West in the ninth, and though he walked a couple, as he's wont to do, it was a shutout, a five-nothing shutout. Bob Force takes the loss, went seven, but he gave up the five runs. John Martin finished up. And uh, Dalton and Cruck, I guess, the, the hitting heroes. As Dalton ended up with the home run and uh, one other hit, a couple runs batted in, he had a walk in there, too. crook was three for three with a walk in the game, so We can congratulate not the home team, but the road team. The 1993 Philadelphia Phillies have advanced in this one. They will be taking on the three seed, the 83 Orioles. That'll be fun. Of course, the the 83 Orioles played the Phillies in their World Series. But we're not talking 83 Phillies. We're talking 93 Phillies. It'll be up against the Jim Palmer, 83 Orioles. Next week on the podcast, though, we've got the 79 Orioles, a 10 seed against the 81 Dodgers, a 7 seed. As always, you can go on the website, thethrowbackleague.com, follow us on Twitter at thethrowbacklg, short for league, and track the progress of everything we're doing. Once again, the final score in this one. The 1993 Philadelphia Phillies 5, the 1982 St. Louis Cardinals, nothing. This is Josh Lewin. Thanks so much for listening once again to the Throwback League.